0: This was the discussion of the advice to husbands that we commenced yesterday in this book titled Family Ties. So a few points we discussed yesterday to continue from that point. The next aspect that is mentioned here is that support and spend generously on your family according to your means support and spend generously on your family according to your means regard this as an islamic responsibility not as a favor upon them nor as a burden on you so to spend generously on one's family meaning that to the extent that one is able to within his capacity within his budget, not unfortunately sometimes, again the same ayat of the Quran Sharif that we are busy discussing after Asar, that one of the two extremes, either person goes overboard, he's even taking loans in order to provide luxuries and comforts and so on. So that too is wrong. To go into debt For the sake of comfort and luxuries, for the sake of now holidaying, this is completely out of line. And neither must a person become miserly. These are the two extremes. The moderation, but generosity is what is required. This is not something to be regarded as a favor on anyone. This is our responsibility spending on bare necessities is not sufficient to engender true love and a happy home however be moderate in your expenditure there should be neither wastage nor miserliness shower your wife with gifts within means never remind her of favors you confer on her in the hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says tahabbu Give one another gifts. This is on a general note. On a general note that anybody where there is some kind of friendship, there is some kind of uh, contact and link with anybody. It might be one's senior, it might be one's contemporary, equal, whatever. So give one another gifts. This will engender muhabbat. So we sometimes practice on this elsewhere, but forget about it. Completely sometimes, only on that some kind of specific occasion, maybe it might be remembered something in the home. Whereas this is something, if it's applicable outside, it'll be applicable to a greater extent inside. So, this aspect of gifts, but unfortunately that's the other aspect, that a person, our concepts have changed to the point where everything goes down the Western la- thinking. That if it's a gift, that gift must be something very, very expensive. Whereas there is no necessity that a gift has to be something always expensive. A gift can be something very small, very inexpensive. It might be some little thing to eat. That little thing to eat this just in passing something's coming to mind. There was some time ago, an issue, quite a while ago, So the husband was a young person sitting and talking to him trying to fathom what the underlying reasons for whatever the problems are because the long list that the girl's father gave, none of it really added up to what the matter had deteriorated to. There were problems, but it didn't seem like this should all become so severe and so serious that now, a couple of months she was now already gone to her mother's house. So, in order to try and just so sitting aside with him, trying to fathom what. So it turned out, in talking to him, it turned out that this person was, as we may term now, just to understand it, a very dry character. Now, just to uh, illustrate how dry. <laughs> So, I asked him that do you ever give your wife any gift also. And just to now, that same aspect about it, a gift doesn't have to be something expensive. So, I, I, just to illustrate what I'm referring to, I said, sometimes maybe you brought one ice cream home. Mm. So, he says, so when I go to the shopping, I buy the five liter cup. So, now this actually is being asked now specifically in the a specific context and still his mine only went to that one big tub which the whole family will now <laughs> eat out of that's not a gift <laughs> that is something that you are providing for the household that's something also as a luxury obviously no, no doubt about that that's a luxury too but that doesn't fit anyway into the context that we understand as a gift so now this was the kind of personality he had and over time, it seemed like he was living his own life. Meaning, there was a, just a formal relationship that had become the scene. Barely married about four or five years. And he was living his own life. Comes, does his own things. He wasn't giving any taklif in the sense that abusing his wife or being vulgar to her or anything. But how can this house run like this? Now, somebody might just quietly make supper and digest it and carry on. And for somebody, this reaches a point finally, they just can't handle it anymore. And this is what happened here. That she couldn't handle it anymore. This was now, I mean, it's like being a stranger in your own home. So that is something which is going to lead to frustration. That is what became the case in this situation. So this gifts doesn't mean something has to be expensive. That one small item also... But again, like the aspect that is mentioned in the, this probably comes further down, it is two points later, but in any case, since it's coming to mind now, that in the Hadith Sharif, it comes that Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala and her states that Nabi sallallahu Wasallam would, while eating, if she took a morsel or butt out of a morsel, the Nabi Islam would pick it up and from that same spot he would then eat if she drank out of a utensil he would turn it around to drink from the spot that she drank from now that is not going to change the taste in any way that is not going to make any difference in terms of what the food is but it will make a world of difference to the heart Again on that same note of this is consideration, showing affection and consideration that I'm not just part of the furniture here. This is the statement actually which often comes when there's a problem. This is the statement that often comes from well, wives that feel that they've become part of the furniture of the house. That as if they don't exist unless when there's something required. Otherwise, it's as if they're not re- not existing. There'll be just orders given, instructions meted, passed on, demands made, and life will carry on. So, this is now a, an aspect of consideration that they are there's affection, there's muhabbat, and this is what this relationship survives on. So, that aspect about... Also when eating, occasionally to share morsels. Nabi Salaw said, Hatta Matajalu fi fi imratik that, that lukma and that morsel of food which you put in the mouth of your wife is also sadaka. You're getting rewarded with sadaka. Now the aspect that was being discussed in this hadith, this is the last part of the hadith. The whole aspect of the, the lesson of this hadith was the virtue of sadaqah. So in explaining the virtue of Sadaqah, Nabi Islam gave one example that Sadaqah is not confined to giving some poor person, meaning the reward of Sadaqah, is not confined to giving some poor person some money. That too is Sadaqah and that's a very great form of Sadaqah. But there are other forms of Sadaqah also. Now they could have been, and there are 101 other forms of sadaka. But specifically this form of Sadaqah has been mentioned. Because this is that sadaqah which a person's mind can never go to. This is something a person would never regard as an act of ibadat. It's sadaqa. So Nabi Salaam is teaching us that there is this sadaqah also because this sadaqah brings about that love, that muhabbat which is essential for that house to run smoothly. And happy families When there is unity, there is happiness in a home, then that makes happy communities. And happy communities, then that spreads to the further level. But this happy families also starts off that there is that uh, understanding, that mutual understanding, cooperation, there is a muhabbat between the spouses themselves. That will then filter down to the children. This is also something one point leads to another, but anything all this is related. This is also something that comes up when very often when there is an issue. In some marriage, when there's an issue, often this is something that comes up when especially there are children who are now past the very young age, they are in their teens, or whatever. And this comes up often. That that young boy or whoever is saying now. That How do I handle this? I don't feel like being in the house anymore because of the constant fights that take place between my parents. Oh. He says, I can't handle this anymore. He's not part of it, but it's creating such a turmoil in his heart. He says that this is something now, I'd rather be out of the house. So now he starts being out of the house. When he starts being out of the house, he can't get comfort in his home because of what's going on there. So now he tries to look for comfort outside. But the comfort outside is obvious what kind of comfort he will get. there? He will be comforted with all the kinds of vice. So now he's looking for comfort. Anybody that seems to be able to give him some kind of companionship, some kind of comfort, some kind of peace, he's ready to latch onto it. It's Allah's fazal only that he may get saved from that kind of situation. But if he starts spending his time outside to find comfort, then he's prone to anything. So, all these things, the Tanvi Rahmatullah, he mentioned, This is an expression in simple terms that the one is there are some little issues that once in a while come up, that's something that just happens and goes, that's not an issue at all. But where this becomes an ongoing thing and on trivial things. My new, minor little issues become mountains. So the, Tamir says that this kind of conflicts between spouses, this is the root to all other conflicts, all other problems. This gives rise to so many things. So this is something that when a person has got a business, so he works around how to make that business flourish. He sits and thinks about it he's working strategies and planning he's working overtime sometimes to make that business flourish he's taking advice from others he's doing all this because that business mustn't fail that business must flourish so he does all this for that business who is that business for you ask him that you're working so much and so hard he says not for the family Are you working to make that family work? This business is to make the... For the family. It's for the children. Are you working to make the family make the children? For that, now there's an issue, so he just wants to... Now there's a problem with some customer now. Some customer has been very difficult. And that customer has now... Now he's going to create a problem, he's going to become bad publicity for the business, whatever... So now he's sitting and thinking and working out and taking advice how to handle this in such a way that this fellow gets happy also. So to make that customer happy he is now working around so many things that this fellow must leave happy. Whereas that customer at the most if he goes away he lost one deal one some item that the person might have wanted to purchase he didn't purchase or he came and returned something. Somebody else will come. But when there's an issue at home, then a person is not sitting to think how to handle this correctly, so that everybody can be a happy party. They, it's my way or the highway. In the business, a person doesn't adopt that attitude. He says the customer is always right. That is the policy by which most businesses work. No matter what, the boss will tell the employees or the salesman, whatever, you keep in mind that the customer is always right. So no matter if the customer how wrong he is to, he's always right. So if the business can flourish on that note, then obviously apart from where the laws of Shariat and Deen are being flouted, there can be no compromise on that obviously. Apart from that, if a person just adopts that policy, which is very difficult to digest for anyone, that I am always wrong, My wife is always right. If the business can work on that policy why can't work at home but what it may take to work that that customer is always right didn't happen without Sabar. and then he made it such that he still profited out of it that was the purpose of making the customer always right not because he's got some kind of taluk with him or he regards him as somebody very great or whatever he doesn't know him from anywhere but he wants to profit out of that customer So even if he's wrong too, he makes him right. So likewise, if a person adopts this policy, but then it doesn't mean he won't address issues. Now he'll think about how to address it correctly. How to get what is right happening right. Or get what's happening, get it happening right. So this requires that a person invests his time, his energy, his thinking, taking advice to make it happen right. But if it is that kind of authoritative manner that a person will handle situations in his home is going to create problems and then this is going to become one thing after another. It will escalate to major issues. Ji, provide her with her own monthly allowance according to your means over and above your household budget expenses. This money will then belong to her. This allowing her the freedom of choice to purchase items for her personal needs without having to account for how it was spent this is also one of the rights of the wife to be given a personal allowance obviously according to each person's means it doesn't have to be something extravagant again but she wants to share something with her parents for example sometimes parents might be need to who knows some immediate family member of her she wants to give them something so she doesn't have to be obliged in that allowance to ask any permission, that is hers. This is part of the Ji, <clears throat> Compliment your wife's cooking after meals. Overlook the little shortcomings, example if the salt is less, if the food is not prepared on time, for some reason beyond her control. Is that well-known incident of one person in Diyoban, passed away, so somebody saw him in a dream, they asked him how did things go, what happened, he said Allah, Allah forgive me, on what your forgiveness came, so he says that one day I came home very tired, very hungry, and my wife presented the food, but she didn't realize that she doubled up the salt, or maybe perhaps the whole container fell inside, that's just a little footnote, Allah knows best whether the container fell or not. <laughs> So in any case, it was extremely salty. Now, extremely salty is bitter. He says, I was hungry to start off with, and I became very upset, very angry. But at that time, I suppressed that anger and said that she's after all, also the servant of Allah. I also make mistakes. She made a mistake. And I didn't even make it known that this is the case. I quietly ate it. So I was told that you forgave her thinking her to be our servant, so we forgiving you also as our servant. Allah. You overlook something, so we are also overlooking your faults. This is a dream that somebody had, but again, the message is clear, and Allah knows best that this was exactly the point on his, of his maghfirat, and somebody saw the dream accordingly. So this is something to be taking this in our stride. These mistakes happen sometimes. If a person has to rectify it, he rectifies it in a dignified way. And this aspect of complimenting, this is also an essential thing. Not that it becomes now like some kind of routine. That after eating now he'll press the play button and the same line will get played. And before he plays it, somebody else might just say it on his behalf so that he doesn't have to have, make the effort of saying it. So that will lose the whole, uh, the whole object of it is lost. Dr. Abdul Hayy Rahmatullahi Ali, he is well-known incident also, where he was invited for meals at one of his muri's houses. So he went and it was his normal practice that whenever somebody would invite him to their home for some meal or whatever, after the meal then he would give some advice from behind the parda to even the women folk of the house. So they would be gathered behind the parda and then he would give some advice to them as well. So that's what he did and in that process he then expressed his gratitude and he complimented that mashallah i really enjoyed the meal it was very delicious etc jazakallah so he as discussing he with that nasihat then he said this as well so as he said this suddenly there's the sound of some crying from behind the parda and then this crying became sobbing he got very concerned and worried. Did I see something? What happened? Something happened on the other side. So he sent the person of the house, please go check what's going on. So after some time, everything calmed down. So he asked, is everything okay? So this lady spoke up from behind the parda and said, I'm married for 25 years. And this entire 25 years, my husband didn't compliment me once on my cooking. Today somebody came from outside and complimented me this became too much for me to be able to to digest and I couldn't hold the emotion and that is what made me become so emotional. So 25 years, I didn't get any compliment. So this is something which, again, that same story about when over time people get regarded as just part of the furniture of the house. So now, if that furniture is now in place, everything is fine, you don't compliment it. That, Allah. This uh, cupboard here is complimenting the cupboard. The Com- cupboard doesn't need any compliment. It's dead. So, people are not dead. We also have emotions. We have feelings. We have a heart. Others have a heart. And that hadith of Nabi ﷺ, Idhalu sururi fi qalbi almu'min," Bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min is among the greatest ibadats after the farays. That is the intention with which to give that compliment. This is a great ibadat. It's not something just, well, some kind of routine and some something just to, for the sake of doing it. The intention of this ibadat, is khalu sururi fi qalbi al-mu'min, is a great ibadat, to bring happiness to the heart of a mu'min. <coughs> Endeavor to eat and drink from the same utensil. Sometimes place a morsel of food in each other's mouth. This will increase muhabbat. One will be rewarded for this. As explained that this is also sadaqah. And as somebody mentioned regarding this, that this is not only for the newly wed; it's also for the nearly dead. <laughs> because there's no time span, there's time frame on this, that this is something to be practiced for one month this is something for life and this is something that is a prescription to create this muhabbat that is something for life do not disclose your wife's secrets or faults to either family members or friends unfortunately this too all these things mentioned here None of this ever needed to be mentioned in time past, Illa mashaallah, general aspects these things used to be spoken about, maybe something in, in, as a principal issue. All these details, this is something that we may call common sense. Much of it, whatever is explained in the Hadith Sharif, are the principles obviously, And the details that flow, which are now analyzed and minute details given, this is something which is common sense. But unfortunately, the same story about where people give a piece of their mind away, so they gave the rands away, they gave the sense away too. So you don't have common sense also. So everything now becomes a problem. Because we don't use our minds correctly of how to handle a situation in a way that it doesn't make it a problem. And as a result, small things which could have been easily resolved, which could have been addressed correctly, become mountains. And then to start undoing the damage sometimes becomes very difficult. So this is a thing that to just use one's mind, apply one's mind to think carefully first, what is the way to handle the situation? And then these are simple day-to-day things, which are in any case these things, many of them are from the ahadith. It's the explanation... Of things from the ahadith, and that gives us the other clear understanding of how much of emphasis there is on this muasharat. That all these details are being explained in the ahadith. So this is also something which, unfortunately, often becomes a case when there's some little argument, some problem, whatever. Now each one starts, especially the husband starts, then broadcasting and publishing and nowadays with all this technology this has become a major fitna this has if there's sometimes a small little spark this technology has become the fuel in that spark to create an inferno because now something happened in the spur of the moment can happen anywhere so now a person now starts putting it onto that chat group or whatever in which now he's whoever family members are Now he's giving all the stories of what happened now. So now everybody starts adding their true sense. And as a result, something that could have been just, that would have just passed, and after a while it would have been a forgotten thing, that has now become something that grows into a mountain. And it becomes a major issue, creates such problems sometimes, out of nothing. Purely out of nothing. And there's been so many cases like this, Somebody had a, some small difference. Now they went and put it on the so-called chat group. Now that chat group, what was the purpose for that? What purpose did it serve to go and put something of that nature there? To start off with, that is something that should be avoided totally. Because it just keeps leading on to things that are not correct. And there's no way to control it. Because you can't control everybody. Everybody's sitting in different ends. It's something that could have been used and can be used in a good way but by and large this doesn't happen that it's always controlled by and large there's something or the other that goes out of line and it creates problems so now what was the point of going and putting it there and besides now creating a problem it served no other purpose but for that time, moment a person in that anger anger is a cancer and it is something which is very destructive person does things in that anger which he later regrets but then that regret later sometimes is too late to regret the damage is done so therefore these are things never to do never disclose the faults to anybody else always conceal one another's faults even worse is to speak about one's physical relationship that is something which is a major sin in the hadith Nabi Salaam says that a person who discusses something of this nature he will be among the persons who are most disliked on the day of Qiyamat. And the one who is most distant from Allah on the day of Qiyamat. This is something that is a major sin. <coughs> Laugh and joke with her within shari limits. Nabi ﷺ used to engage in light hearted conversation with his wives. And again, all these things, Hazrat Dr. Abdul Hai Rahmatullah he says that I practiced, Alhamdulillah, he was giving it as encouragement to others. So he said, Alhamdulillah, I practiced on implementing the Sunnah in everything. He says, to the extent that when I returned home and my little child, came running to me, which is a normal reaction. The child sees the father and he comes running to the child. Then the normal reaction is the father will now pick the child up, hug him. He will show some affection. So He says, even when that happened, I paused for one brief moment. Now this is a normal human, natural human reaction. He says, I paused for one brief moment and I brought it to my mind and heart that when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would come and Hassan and Hussein Hussain ﷺ would come running to him that he would pick them up, he would hug them, he would kiss them. So I'm going to do this now in emulation of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's a normal natural human reaction. See, but I'm not going to now do this because it is human reaction. I'm going to do it in emulation of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now what would have happened in any case that became an ibadat, that became and a following of the Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So all these things, which are part of day-to-day life, and should be part of day-to-day life, but again this intention transforms something which is so basic, state of the the norm, or something that is, we may say, part of day-to-day life, a mundane thing, but that niyad transforms it into ibadat. That niyad transforms it into an act of great reward and thawab now, he wants to keep a pleasant and, and he should be keeping a pleasant and happy atmosphere at home. That requires some lightheartedness. So that is human nature, that he's going to engage in some lightheartedness. But to make this intention first, that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also engaged in some lightheartedness at home. So on that note, I'm going to do the same. Now this has become an ibadat. He's bringing happiness to himself also, but this has become an ibadat. So a person in all these things is getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. This is the beauty of deen and the ittiba of the Sunnads, The things that would have happened in any case, but now become ibadat. <coughs> because of the lack of time, we're just selecting some of the more pertinent things. Share in the upkeep and maintenance of the home, doing household chores is a sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that breeds humility and displays compassion and kindness. Oh, no, no. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam assisted in household chores. Examples of this are cleaning, sweeping, laying the dasar khan, looking after the children. All this is part of household chores. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam participated being the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. Being Sayyidul anbiya wa Rusul. So what is it going to decrease in our position and status to take one broom and sweep? If Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's position and status didn't get diminished in any way, it increased it because now we are sitting and taking a lesson from it. So, This doesn't decrease anybody's position and status. And again with that same intention that this Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did. This is a sunnah. So sometimes we create this, put ourselves on a certain pedestal. And therefore, these things now become beyond our, it's beyond us, below our, our dignity. So that is not something below anybody's dignity. If Nabi wasallam did it, it can't be below anybody's dignity. It can only enhance a person's dignity. And enhance that muhabbat that should be there in every home. Many years ago, <clears throat> while we were still, while we were studying, or perhaps shortly thereafter. So, I think it was after sometime, a few years later, one, two years later. So, this was a very great lesson for me. That it was an odd time, and I happened to go to Azadwal for some, I happened to be passing something, I can't recall exactly the circumstances. So, one of the Asatis are, taught us some kitabs in the earlier years I decided to just go and pay him a quick visit also so it was a bit of an odd time and perhaps nobody would have been expected to be coming at that time so he came to open the door but it appeared that he came in a rush to open the door he probably was in that moment disoccupied so he quickly came to open the door so in that moment as he rushed and came when he opened the door it was obvious that what he was busy with you can notice it now, that he was probably busy with washing the dishes. Now he didn't find it below his dignity to help in that. Perhaps his wife was ill, perhaps whatever the case was, or he just decided to help out with that. So he didn't diminish his dignity in any way. It became a lesson. It became a source of inspiration. It became a means of opening our eyes. That these people, despite their whatever engagements are and how busy they are in all their work and whatever else, they got time for this too. They've got time to be part of the household things as well. So why wouldn't they be muhabbat in that place then? So this is something that should be part of our lives. Learn to tolerate slight misbehavior or displeasing little acts committed by your wife. Don't react violently by meeting out injustice and cruelty upon her with verbal or physical abuse. With verbal or physical abuse. Never take her curse. This is something which again comes down to the extent of tawazu one has. He'll be able to take these things in his stride. If there is true tawazu, he'll take it in his stride. Sometimes things do become, unfortunately, very complicated. Some people have a very, very complicated situation. And this didn't start in 2015, that some situations get very complicated. This was something that happened in the ages long ago also. That some odd situations do become very complicated. One person had a very, very hard time. His wife used to be, had a very wicked temper. All the time he's, as we say, catching it. So one day he couldn't take it anymore. So he started making dua. But now he didn't realize that he's making the dua too loudly. And in that dua he started making, Ya Allah, either take me, or when he came to O, oh, she was already standing there with a the rolling pin. So she said, Oh what? She said, Ya Allah, either take me or take me alone. <laughs> because if he said "oh," he would have really gone. <laughs> so actually this was the let take me or he was actually leading mainly to the other part. That now I must get Najat from here. So before that he nearly get Najat. So this does become sometimes a situation. But the point is that this is a rare condition, rare situation that it comes to this extreme. Generally, if a person handles these things correctly, there will be the moment of sabr little bit. But it'll pass. And things will improve over time. But if a person starts akhlaq, good akhlaq, as we explained that sometimes we have this issue that how can you clap with one hand. But good akhlaq, the example of this is like a ball that you throw on a wall, on some object in front of you. So what you throw, it comes back. So if you pass on and keep giving good akhlaq, in time it will come back this is the thing that and again all this to focus on that this is what we have been taught by Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so this sabr this tolerance we often exercise this with strangers with others outside with friends we we'll tolerate a lot with people who we don't have any taluk of any sort but we need some dunya favor from them some worldly work we want to get done. Might be somebody who is some officer somewhere, somebody at some department working. Now we want to get some of our work done and that person is being very difficult. He's not cooperating. So we will tolerate so much just in order to get that work done. So we have the capacity to tolerate. If you could tolerate that person who is nobody to us in terms of not related to us, we don't know him, but now, because we want to get this work done, and this person is being difficult, he's being hard, he's just being making issues, so we tolerate it. Let it pass. Person is upset. Whatever else, he said, but just let it pass. Now, just now, this fellow won't stamp that paper. We then really in trouble. So rather, just let it carry on. He is now being abusive. Also, listen to it quietly. So all this shows that that ability and the capacity to tolerate is there. But we choose not to exercise it because of our ego. Because of that lack of tawazu, we choose not to exercise it where we can give vent to our anger. And where it was something that we had some gharz, we had some motive, then we exercise the tolerance very well. So the sabr that a person makes for some motive, that is not the sabr that will bring the sawab. The sabr that he makes purely for Allah Ta'ala. This is that sabr that will bring إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّى hisab. That Those who exercise sabr, their reward is unlimited. And إِنَّ Allah Ma'as Sabireen, Allah Ta'ala is with those who are patient. So this is that sabr. That it's told purely for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. Allah Ta'ala must become pleased. So don't react violently by meeting out injustice and cruelty Upon her with verbal and physical abuse. Many times this kind of complaints, it's sometimes really heartbreaking. And again, we keep qualifying this, that it is not in any way being said that all the faults are only from one side. But we are not talking now and in these gatherings, addressing the woman folk. We are addressing ourselves. So obviously we have to talk about our side of it. That it is often heartbreaking reading some of those emails. Very heartbreaking. When the type of cruel words that were uttered are actually stated that these are the type of things that I'm told. And then something goes wrong, then the person's parents are also now, the parents are not even there. The parents are also becoming the target of somebody's abuse. Now, what did the parents do? You were a problem with her and now you're abusing her parents. So now is this going to be something that's going to leave any kind of respect? This is an often written line that I have lost all respect for my husband. When this respect is lost, it's now just some just try to keep it going because they don't see any other option. But for how long? And is that kind of relationship ever going to be a happy one? If somebody is just sticking in, because they feel that there is no other option because they don't see how else they're going to be able to try and keep their lives going so that is going to become a very miserable situation and that too will someday explode and everything will come out never take her curse we often become very afraid of the curse of others but any Muslim and often the zulm gets perpetrated where we least give any concern to it that statement that a person made unnecessarily which broke his wife's heart was that not zulm that too is zulm to break somebody's heart without any one is now he was correcting something that we should have done in a correct way or something went out of the bounds of Sharia that he has to address that obviously but just to make demeaning comments to humiliate, to pass remarks which now belittle someone. So, this is Zulm also. And over time, Allah forbid if that curse comes out. This is also something one, one woman wrote and she's asking for dua, for the husband's financial matters to come in order. It is a major problem. Please make dua that this gets sorted out. Now everything is going on a happy note. At that time this email is coming. But then having written that, everything, mashallah, is on a happy note, she is now asking another thing, that is this perhaps the effect of my curse? She is very worried about this. That is why she is asking. And then she is giving the background to it. Alhamdulillah, presently everything is going very well. But then she's putting the background to it, that there was a time when, this is how I was being abused. And this is the kind of treatment I was being given. And as a result, there was a time when it came to a head, and I blurted out, May Allah make you fail in everything. Now this statement came out. Now she's asking herself, please make dua, things work out. This business doesn't fail. At the same time, she's worried, is this my curse? Now, Allah knows best, it could be, who knows? That if that was a point of severe zulm, and from the heart of that Muslim something came out, that is very effective. Az-zulmu <speaking> ad'a in ilan niqma. Nabi wasallam says that zulm brings azab the quickest. So this is something to be very concerned about, that we don't become the target of somebody's curse. It won't happen in one day, it won't happen on one incident, it won't happen on trivial things, but sometimes it reaches a point and if something comes out from the depth of the heart, Allah forbid, who knows that could become the case. Don't break your promises. Crush all expectations and become an oppressor, a tyrant and a blackmailer. What is this blackmailer about? This also happens very often unfortunately. That now person is demanding how he wants things or he's involving getting abusive and whatever else Allah forbid he's involving himself in haram and he threatens you ever make any issue about this I'll divorce you that's the blackmail this is the last thing that somebody wants to hear so now they are being hold to ransom on that so this is what is being mentioned here that don't become an oppressor, a tyrant, and a blackmailer. Unfortunately, many of our sisters bear untold misery and suffer in silence, <coughs> day in and day out for years on end, having none to turn to besides Allah. Remember, O oh husband, when that lonely, broken heart cannot tolerate anyone, and those hands rise up complaining to none other than Allah, then rest assured, that the tears and pain will not go unanswered. Nabi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Beware the curse of the oppressed person, since there is no veil between it and Allah ta'ala. Allah jalla jalaluhu says to the oppressed person, I will assist you, even though it be after some time. Endeavor to change her habits like carelessness, laziness, etc. with advice and good admonition. This must be given tactfully. Now that customer was difficult. That same example we have to bear in mind. That then we use all our tact. Then we become extremely wise. And then we learn how to handle that situation like an expert. That without even having studied, somebody will confer an honorary PRO degree on us. That what an expert way you can handle this. This public relations officer is to initially, when we heard this word for the first time, what on earth is public relations officer public relations officer what what is this person's job can be and then in time we learn that public relations is among the most crucial things how does a person interact with people and that person has such a crucial position in that company because he will make or break that image of that company if he handles it wrong that he'll bring so much of negative publicity that he can seriously affect it. And if he handles major issues right, then he will keep that everything going smoothly. So this is for the sake of dunya, all for the sake of ransom and cents only. But this is the skill that we use for dunya, we have to use within our homes. And if we apply our minds, all these things will come. This must be given tactfully with wisdom and patience. Rule with love and never rule with an iron first. This is for people, dictators, running dictatorships, that they rule with an iron first. The home is not a dictatorship. So rule with love and never with an iron first. As they say, they don't demand respect. person should command respect. There's a world of difference between the two we generally demand respect and when we demand respect we won't get it but command respect is that a person doesn't ever bring it to his mind also that I should be respected but he conducts himself in such a way that everybody in the home respects him that he is regarded as somebody to be given that due acknowledgement in everything so when a person will start demanding then he's going to get negativity but when he will conduct himself correctly that will rebound also it is among her rights upon you that you tolerate her it is among her rights upon you that you tolerate her nabi sallallahu wasallam said that a woman is created from a crooked rib and therefore and is therefore and there is therefore crookedness in her character if you try to straighten her you will destroy her Therefore, take benefit from her together with her crookedness. Now, this address of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is directed to who? Is directed to the husband. The wife hasn't been told that you tolerate the husband. But the husband has been told you tolerate the wife. Not that she should not be tolerant. That's not the point. She should also exercise tolerance. But she hasn't been addressed. Because she is not the driver of the vehicle. If the passengers get a bit jumpy and unruly sometimes, it's still not dangerous to the safety of the of all the passengers because they are not controlling the vehicle. But if the driver starts jumping around, then that is going to become a danger to him and to everybody else. So the husband is the driver of that vehicle of that home, of that marriage. So if somebody else starts jumping around, he has to still remain calm. He has to keep his hands on the steering. Keep his eyes on the road. And steer it correctly and carefully. So, he's got no excuse. He's been addressed directly by Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that, Istausu bin Nisa Ikhaira. This is the opening words of this Hadith Sharif. And this means, please accept my wasiyat my emphasized advice to treat your wives kindly. So now when a person is sometimes tempted to do something drastic, then he should first reflect on this hadith of Nabi ﷺ. That this is an intercession directly from Nabi ﷺ. Will I disregard this intercession? I give a regard to this intercession today. I can be hopeful for intercession on my behalf on the day of Qiyamat. So this is the aspect that is being mentioned here, that Nabi Salaam has said that a woman is created from a crooked rib, and there is therefore crookedness in her character. If you try to straighten her, you will destroy her. Therefore take benefit from her together with her crookedness. There's a very, very important point that comes next, and this is something to always bear in mind. And this will become the means of Rectifying many things in the way we handle and how we conduct ourselves. Live with her and speak in the manner that you would want someone to treat your own sister or daughter. That she's also somebody's sister. She's also, also somebody's daughter. So how we would like somebody to treat our sister, our daughter. Put ourselves in that shoes that somebody is coming to complain. Our sister is coming to complain. Our daughter is coming to complain about how her husband is treating her and she is saying those same things of what we are doing. Would we be able to digest it easily? We'll be very casual about it that this is nothing man, carry on. Or will that pierce the heart? Will that break the heart? What is wrong with this Zalim? How is he treating my daughter? How is he treating my sister? So she's also somebody's sister. She's also somebody's daughter. So when a person puts himself in the shoes of the opposite party. Then this will open his mind. And this will make him think correctly and act correctly. If you dislike some qualities in them, they possess other please, others that are pleasing to you. Look at these qualities. No one is perfect. Remember, the grass always seems greener on the other side. All the time it will seem that only I am in the worst. Musibat here. And everybody else is fine. i rather also look somewhere else. But when he looks somewhere else, then he finds afterwards that this is not any better, it's worse off. So, this is not the way to handle things, that a person is always looking elsewhere. He needs to work at making things work within his home. When you are overcome by anger and wish to physically or verbally abuse her, then remember that Allah, tala, Allah Jalla Jalaluhu, whose trust she is. This is the wording of the Hadith Sharif. In Hajjatul Wada, Nabi Islam addressed the Sahaba, and he specifically, in Hajjatul Wada, he emphasized the good treatment of wives. And he said, Hunna bi الله That you have taken them as a trust from Allah Ta'ala. This is what the reference is. That, then remember that Allah Ta'ala, whose trust she is, possesses greater power than you do. Immediately move away from that place. Drink water and recite ta'wud. If possible, make wudu. Remember that after the expression of every bout of anger, there is regret. Never discuss a problem in the state of anger. Calm down first. Person thinks, well, I made up afterwards so now it must be forgotten so somebody gave his son one lesson so he told him gave him one bag of nails I told him you see this wooden fence go and knock these nails on it every day knock one nail so every day he knocked one nail two nails three nails ten nails fifty nails after some days he asked him what can you see now he sees this whole place is filled with all nails he says those nails are very sharp. He says yes. He says okay now start taking them out one day, one at a time. So he started taking it out. So he said after he took all out, he asked him where's the nails. So he says all out now. So he says well now this fence now has become exactly as it was before. He says, no it's full of holes. So the nails were taken out, but the damage was still there. So in anger, a person, he keeps knocking these nails in that fence after some time now he regrets so he tries to do things to now undo the damage so he starts pulling out those nails but the damage is still there that effect is still there and that will take a long time that is a wooden fence what about the sensitivity of the heart the heart is very very sensitive if that wooden fence which is going to now still be sitting with that injury, we may call it. What about the heart? This will take a major effort now to fill those wounds. So this is the thing that we expect now. We'll find that I made up for it, so everything must come back to normal. So it sometimes returns to normal, but the pain of the heart hasn't gone. That injury of the heart is still there. That broken heart takes a long while to mend. <clears throat> Learn to forgive your wife, forgive her as many times as you would like Allah Taala to forgive you for your errors. Remember the English adage, to err is human, to forgive is divine. Hazrat Shaykhul Hadith Mawah once was reprimanding his khadim or somebody who probably made the same mistake many times. So in that moment he said to him, how much must I keep suffering from your mistakes? And meaning keep overlooking it. So at that time when he reprimanded this person, Hazrat Maulana Ilyas Rahmatullah alayhi who was his uncle, so his senior and his uncle, he happened to be seated there also at that time. So now being his uncle and his senior, so he had this right to now give some advice in a different way. This must have been in the very early days or whenever. Sometimes these things become lessons for everybody then. So he whispered in his ears, that Jitni dafa, Jitna apna bugatwana ho, itna bugatlo. How much you want yours to get overlooked by Allah Ta'ala's, in Allah Talas court, you overlook his mistakes here. One person asked Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that my slave, now a slave was a person's ownership. He bought that slave that became his property he owned that slave but that slave is insan son also so he makes mistakes so Nabi Slaus, he asked Nabi Slaus, how many times must I forgive my slave for his mistake now he's making the same mistake once, twice if he makes it seventy times also forgive him this is a slave which is one ownership property a wife is not a slave she is one's partner in life so if that slave deserves so much of forgiveness what about one's wife As we said, we probably need to extend our time here. But everybody is seeming to be making dua that the moon is sighted tonight. So in any case, inshallah, if tomorrow we're still here, we'll continue with it. But these are things which we should try and make the effort to read these aspects, acquire maybe this kitab, I don't know, it might be available. Obviously, we have only one copy here, but it's published by Dal Daldum, so they would have copies. There are many good advices in here. So we should read these things as explained that much of this is common sense. But nowadays we need to remind ourselves of even aspects of common sense to keep it fresh in our minds because the tolerance levels have dropped. Previously, these things were part there was little theory people knew. They didn't know so much of theory. They knew the basics. The basics, basic missile, etc. they knew. You ask somebody definition of what is Hilm. So he even asked probably that, I never heard this word. He might have never heard the word Hilm, but he had Hilm in his life. Ask somebody to give one explanation or some detail about what is Haya. So they might just tell you, well, Haya means shame, modesty. They won't be able to give one long bayan on it. But they had Haya in their lives. The theory was very little that they knew in terms of facts and figures and details, they didn't know too many details there was very little literature also there wasn't so much of access to all these things but those values were in their lives they loved it, they knew just the basic things properly, little bit more but they had the values in their lives nowadays we'll be able to give a whole bayan on these qualities and values but it's lacking in our lives and this microwave age, where everything must happen at the press of a button. In a minute, it must all be ready, done. So, insan wasn't created in the microwave age. Insan was created from that time. That same system carries on with insan. That's what will work. That He will have to take things in a calm manner. Not to be hasty. That same sabar and helm that was taught at that time is still applicable today. So that impatience and everything must happen on the spur of the moment. All these things are things that make things very difficult. It creates a lot of problems. We need to move past this in life, and then we are the ones who will enjoy the benefits. We will be the ones who will enjoy the peace, that serenity, the sukoon. Inshallah, Allah Taala give us all tawfiq. and grant sukoon and happiness in every home. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين سبحان الله بحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد الله أن إله إلا أَنْتَ نستغفرك ونطلب